Hello and welcome to Sales as Mental, a podcast promoting meaningful perspectives on mental health from people in the sales profession. For Leslie Douglas, everything boils down to purpose. Her purpose is empowering sales professionals to find the right fit and add fuel to their fire. A mother, a director of sales training, and an advocate for women in all walks of life, Leslie spins many plates, and so she wanted to focus on boundaries, how to create them, how to maintain them, and what to do when you can't. Perfect is the enemy of good, right? My conversation with Leslie was a really meaningful one, so I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Leslie. Happy Friday. Thank you so much for joining me. Happy Friday, James. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I'm excited for our conversation. I know we've connected before and the topic that you thought would be good to focus on, which I love and is such an important one, is the idea of boundaries um, and why boundaries are so important in the world of sales. So the first question that I have for you is what advice you would have for someone in sales um, on how you establish boundaries and, and how you maintain them? I love this question. So I, um, I like to do things in three. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are three main components that I try to focus on And if this works for you, um, I think it's a a great framework for myself. So I hope it's something that helps. The first thing I feel like I need to do is define my boundaries. Mm -hmm. So they can be different based on who we are or stages of life or day of the week or how I feel. Right. Definitely. And, And for me, it was really getting clear on what do I need to do at work? Mm-hmm. What do I want to do at work? And what would be nice to have? Like, what's my, what's my vision? What's my pie in the sky? So really figuring out how it relates to my role, my accomplishments, and then what I need to do from my own personal perspective. Um, I'm a mom. I need to pick my kid up from school. Right. So like mm-hmm. that definitely flows into my boundaries. So step one, I'm defining. Mm-hmm. The next thing I think is super important is communicating the boundaries. So I say this a lot. I'm a huge proponent that 90% of what we do work, home, personal life, Mm -hmm. whether we're talking to colleagues, clients, family, friends, so much better if we manage expectations. Um, and being able to tell people what's coming. So, Hey, James, I can't stay past five on Wednesday because I have to pick up my daughter Mm -hmm. or that email. I'll get to this tomorrow morning so that people know when to expect an answer from you. Um, or, Hey, while I'm on vacation, while I'm on holiday, I will not be available. (laughs) You can call somebody else. We're taking real lunch away from our desk. I mean, even little things, just letting people know what we're going to do. Definitely, it sets us up for success because then they know and they're like, oh yeah, Leslie's not available. Let me call somebody else. Yeah. And then my third thing is actually doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I need this reminder for myself. I think it's the hardest part. 
Definitely off my notifications. I loved when iPhone came out with like the do not disturb or the sleep mode. Yeah. Um, but actually using that. Yeah. And stepping away. It's so hard. Do you have trouble stepping away like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a great question. I was the same when iPhone brought that out. I was like, oh, this is great. And I know it existed before, but now there's lots of different modes. Like there's personal and focus, but yeah, I definitely think it's, it's a struggle I've had because I think especially in sales, there's obviously lots of metrics and numbers. Um, I think salespeople feel very responsible for the revenue that's generated in the company. Of course, it's a team effort. But if you're someone who's selling something, you want to be doing well and you want to be hitting those numbers. And, and I think that that's something I've definitely found hard is, is taking that step back. For sure. Actually following through with like, here's what I want. Yeah. And I'm not going to go against that. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, you touched on there that obviously you're a mother. Um, I have no idea how people like you do the job that we do and are raising actual humans. Um, so I'm curious from, from your point of view, um, what was that like, like having a child and, and, and kind of how did that shift those boundaries that you had around work? It's so interesting because I think that everyone handles this differently, but the best thing that I've experienced is having people who support it. Mm. So you don't, I, and I thought that I understood before, but I, I didn't cause it mm -hmm. is hard. It's, it's hard to know what isn't our natural habitat. Right. And what we're dealing yeah. with on a day-to-day -day basis changes throughout our life. And so having people who just understood, I'm going to get my job done. And yeah. that doesn't matter if I need to step away, I'll be back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> having people who support that, um, no matter where they are and, and their own situations, but just like, yeah, do what you got to do. Um, that's invaluable. I will say it does take a bit of practice and it wasn't something that came easy, but yeah. now I just set aside like specific time where if I'm with my daughter, I'm not going to have my phone. Like I turned my phone over. I put it in a different room. I have a spot for it because I heard her say to me multiple times, like, mom, you're always on your phone. And mm. you're like, Oh, knife to the heart. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay, yeah. I'm never touching my phone again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's easy to pick up. So just like having, for me, it took a lot of practice and like changing it around, but people around me that support it and say, yeah, do what you got to do. I trust that you're going to get your job done. That's yeah. the magic. Absolutely. I think that's such a great call out as well. It's so important for, for any company to recognize, I'm sure, for, for people who are parents that that trust factor, especially for so many people who are working remotely, like, I know you're going to get the job done. Um, I trust you to do that. I trust you to manage your time in the ways that you need to. And yeah, I applaud you in that sense. And yeah, I, it blows my mind. I have a number of colleagues where I work now and, and colleagues at places I've worked before who have children. And yeah, it's just to me, it's like the most impressive thing. And even thinking about my own parents and, and how hard they were working um, alongside raising, raising me and my brothers. So yeah, I think it's a uh, it's, it's a really great insight. And as you say, really important to recognize that like when you're having those moments, it's, it's 
so 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 important to to put your phone down to step away from the the technology that kind of plugs us into our working world and um yeah i think that's a a great piece of advice and i'm curious on that um given that you're a parent i'm sure that sometimes your working hours might shift a little bit right like your daughter might be doing something and you want to go watch them in the show or at the game or in the concert or doing something that they want to do, um, which might mean that you pick up your work later. Um, and I think we touched on it in a, a conversation we had previously where um, you'll have, you'll start to reply to emails and slacks at different hours of the day. And I think for some people, it's very easy to think like, Oh, why are they doing that? And should I be doing that? But would you have any advice for someone who, feels like oh i need to be on if my boss is on or a colleague of mine is on i love that you bring this up i um i do i my hours all come back after i put her to bed and then i'm going to yeah. wrap up my day or whatever it is mm-hmm. and i don't expect people to answer me but i think that there is that culture, like you said, of like, oh, if my boss is messaging me, I should message them back right away. Yeah. I always put an expectation there. Please do not feel like you have to respond to me right now. Definitely. I just am, you know, I'm wrapping up my day because I had to step away or whatever it is, making it clear for people that they don't need to have any sort of response to me. Mm-hmm. I also, um, I don't know. It's a trust thing with a uh, technology, but Slack yeah. has the delay response mm-hmm. feature. Brilliant. Because I know some people don't have that in them. And if they see the response, they're going to want to respond right away. Yeah. So for those people, I will do a delay till, you know, eight 30 or nine tomorrow morning. Yeah. <laughs> so that my 11 PM message <laughs> isn't causing anyone frustration. I, I like that we're having this conversation though, because I think it's a lot about self-awareness. Yeah. And what's best for me isn't necessarily best for you. And that goes across the board and having, I know I'm going back to it again, but managing those expectations. So telling your manager, Hey, this is my, like, I'm not going to respond in these times. So you can send me things. I will get back to you by 10 AM tomorrow morning. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important. And to your point, that communication and having those conversations. And I think whether it's you've been in a job a long time or you're starting a job from scratch and and kind of brand new to it, establishing how people communicate. And I was really lucky in a previous job. I had a great boss who worked incredibly hard, but was also very clear about this is when I like I work or I get things done, but I do not expect you to respond at the times that I'm relaying those messages. So, um, yeah, I think to your point, it's, it's so important to, to manage those expectations, to communicate them and then be very clear on like, Hey, I don't need a response right now. And I think the self-awareness piece is, is so massive as well, because I found that as well in terms of sometimes I'll have a voice inside my head. That's like, Oh, James, you better reply to that right now. Like this is important. Um, which is, like a blessing and a curse, let's say. Like sometimes it's great because it's that's what helps drive me forward. But it's also yeah. the voice that like if I let it run wild, it can just take over. And then I'm not switching off in the ways that I should be and, and taking that step back. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. 
Awesome. Well, let me um, hit you with another kind of boundaries question. In terms of boundaries and finding them difficult, and maybe you can speak to an example, but, but have you ever found it difficult to maintain boundaries? Is it something that you have to work at or do you manage them flawlessly? <laughs> constant struggle. (laughs) James, I like, I was, someone gave me this t-shirt a while back and it says, ask me to volunteer. I don't know how to say no. (laughs) And I have really, I have sat here and Googled multiple times. Yeah. How do I say no nicely? Yeah. I have a sticky note on my desk that says yeah. like, here's some ideas on how to say no nicely in case someone catches me off guard. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I think my best example here is holiday is vacation. Mm. And if we, if I shouldn't say we, I go on vacation, I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. Mm-hmm. It is very challenging for me to completely disconnect because yeah. if we do as sales reps, it's like we're hitting a pause button on our progress. Mm. No one's going to go prospect for me. No one's going to nurture my clients for me. <laughs> yeah. Right. I end up, you know, sitting on a beach or whatever I'm doing. And I'm like, well, I'm just relaxing. Let me take a peek at Slack. Mm. And then someone in Slack referenced an email. So now I'm opening up my email. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, I should just get my laptop out so I can respond to this properly. And mm. now it's like, let me just look at a few other things. And now we're full-blown working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On vacation. <laughs> Definitely. I can so relate to that. And I think to your point, it is, it's like going down the rabbit hole. Like as soon as you open one of those applications, whatever it is, whether it's your email or whatever work chat application you're doing. And as you say, you start to bounce around. And for me, I think it's really important to remember, and I've had to really bring a kind of level of mindfulness and awareness to it from work in terms of recognizing that like even thinking about work is working. Yes. Yes. Like even expending mental energy on anything relating to work is an aspect of working as well. And I think to your point, especially in sales, I love that analogy of like hitting the pause button because it's, it is so performance driven at times. And um, I wonder whether you can speak to that idea of there's the kind of adage in sales. It was told to me when I first started in sales, I'm sure you've heard it a million times, which is like, you are not your number. But I'm curious when it comes to boundaries and then the kind of, I guess, like friction that exists between like, you're not your number and take holiday and relax and rest. Do you have any advice on that one? Because I think it's something that so many people go through is like, I want to take time off, but I also want to hit quota and I don't want to be behind. And yeah, do you have any tips to, to kind of managing that, that dissonance? You just opened up this huge world. This is such a big topic. I yeah. uh, I want to put a caveat out here before I answer. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to separate who we are as a human from who we are in our job role. Mm-hmm. So if I mess up a call, it doesn't make me a terrible person. I mess yeah. up at work. If I don't hit my number this year, I'm not a loser. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm just behind at work. So, um, 
if we keeping that in mind, and if we take a step back and think about our role as a salesperson in an organization, legitimately our job description is to bring in business and money. Mm-hmm. And if we are not doing that, we aren't doing our role. So before anyone, you know, hates me for saying that there is this, there are companies that are better at nurturing and investing in your success. And I think that's something that I had to learn, like where to look for this. Mm-hmm. I always think about this in the sense of if I'm doing well for four months and then one, I just have a bad month and I don't hit my number. Are you putting me on a performance plan and mm. like trying to exit me? <laughs> yeah. Or are we having a conversation and you're like, don't worry about it. This is one month in a year. So yeah. trying to figure out, is there a knee jerk reaction or is this like long-term value of me as a rep with this company is so important, but getting back to your question from a standpoint of a sales professional, mm-hmm. I think the best thing I do for myself here to differentiate this is I have a, I call it a happy folder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my accomplishment folder any accolades I get, um, colleagues sending me a kind message on Slack or an email from a prospect, shout outs, whatever it is, I record it, screenshot it, mm-hmm. and I stick them in a folder. And when I'm having a tough time, I come back and I look and I say like, okay, I am making a difference. I matter. Because for me, if I start going downhill, it's like, I'm rolling fast. I'm picking Mm. up steam and it's hard for me to pull myself back from that. Once I get that negative thought about myself in my head, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's like very hard for me personally to stop myself. Yeah. (laughs) So I need to somehow pull myself back into this. Let me continue on. And this is one moment in time. Now I can turn things back around and get back up. And that's for me. For me, it's like, I can't tell myself I'm great, but I can read someone else telling me that I'm great. And that helps bring me back to that point. And I know I need rest. It's going to be okay. This is one point in time. I need to separate myself so that I can come back and do the best that I can at work. Yeah. I think that there's, there's so much in your answer there that I, I agree with. I think I love that idea of, of having a folder and you called it your happy folder. I think I'm, I had a great conversation with Dan Tyre, um, at HubSpot who, who described, um, yeah, a similar folder in his email, which he has is, is an SSP folder, a shameless self-promotion folder, um, which I really I like, because like I think it's yeah. that same thing. Um, and to your point, I think it's, it's learning to understand that those thoughts can snowball very quickly. Um, and I think it's, it's taking that step back, getting that perspective and realizing like, oh, I'm, I'm snowballing and I'm starting to take one thing. And I think it's very easy to catastrophize. Like you take something yes. that's relatively small. And I think you also made a great point about that sense of like your self-worth not being attached to your work. And I think it's so, so common um, throughout my career, even before I was working in in sales, I worked in teaching. And if I had a bad lesson, I might have had 
40 lessons in a week, let's say, if one of those lessons wasn't great, I wasn't thinking about the 39 other lessons, which had gone really well. It was just this one lesson. And mm -hmm. that for me was the same thing. I'd have to kind of speak with colleagues or, or get that support from friends. And I wonder for you, do you have those people in your life that you go to and are they people that you'll speak to at work? Because obviously I feel like where you work and who you are and the people that you work with are pretty known within the sales world. Like how is that support as a team? And then also outside of that, there are other people that you will go to for, for that, that support. We do. We have such a unique group here. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, um, a hundred percent. This is such a strange thing. It's a strange feeling though, because everyone here is constantly hyping each other up. Yeah. Everyone here is each other's biggest cheerleader. And it's funny when any of us are in, um, some sort of event, yeah. the Slack channel is going nuts. Like you look great. You sound wonderful. I really <laughs> loved this point you made. I mean, everyone's just chiming in. That's just awesome. Giving each other so much energy. It's beautiful. Yeah. But I have rarely been in a situation where I have an entire team of 15 people who are all cheering me on. <laughs> that's, I think that's a rarity. I will yeah. say like previously, there has to be someone internally that you mm -hmm. can go to. So I have an mm -hmm. external mentor who mm -hmm. is phenomenal for knowing who I am as a human, who I am as Leslie Douglas, how I want to show up. Yeah. And she gets my values and she's a great cheerleader for me and she helps me immensely. But having that person internally that we can find as a salesperson throughout our career, no matter what role we're in, that mm -hmm. really understands the nitty gritty ins and outs can offer a different piece of advice because they understand the organization. They understand some of the nuances. I think it's really, really critical to have an internal champion for you and an external champion for you. So you have a little bit of the, the bias and the non-bias going on whenever you're formulating a plan. <laughs> Definitely. I think that's such a great call out because as you say, the person on the inside understands the nuances of the characters, who you're working with, et cetera. And then the people on the outside of those people who can kind of go, hey, like your work isn't everything. And that's when you can kind of get sucked in. So I really like that. I'm curious with the nature of the work that you do um, as someone who grew up and lived in the UK for most of my life. I've been in the States about three years now, but we were talking about kind of hustle culture on our previous call and, and that sense of it being a very real thing in the US. And I'm curious whether you've seen any differences in the way that kind of boundaries are maintained between teams, maybe in Europe, because I know you work with people there versus, versus the US, or maybe more broadly, I'm sure you work with people from all over the world. But curious if there's any differences that you notice, anything that maybe people in the US could learn from or vice versa. Yes. <laughs> the U.S., North America has a huge problem around hustle culture. Yeah. And I personally have learned a ton from working with, I, I say specifically like European teams, mm -hmm. um, small talk at happy hour in the U.S. with a stranger. Or if I go meet a parent at the park, mm -hmm. my first question or the second question is, so what do you do for a living? There is this obsession with more, more, more money, bigger title, climb the ladder, or 
my favorite, you know, since we were on the topic, that badge of honor, like I don't take any vacation time. I haven't yeah. taken vacation in three years or whatever it is. Right. I feel like when I'm working or, or speaking with, um, reps or teams, leaders in Europe, they're going to take their holiday. They're yeah. going to step away entirely. And they really value that boundary, even just like, not even just holiday, but like ending the work day mm. <laughs> in North America. I can't, I can't rely on the meeting end time on a calendar being accurate. Like if it yeah. says it's ending at 4 PM, could be 407, could be 430, could be five. We're going to get wild in Europe. When they say it ends at four, it ends at four. <laughs> yeah. Like we're not going past that. And there is a lot of value placed on that. So I think for me, that's caused me to rethink what's, what's truly important. Right. And really understanding that yes, I need money to pay for the things that I want. Mm -hmm. But as long as my family, like I'm, I'm changing, I'm shifting my priorities a bit. Yeah. This year, I think I took my tr first truly unplugged vacation yeah. where I didn't check Slack. I didn't check email. Mm -hmm. Very challenging for me, but I, I look a lot at that culture that's built at an organization especially organizations that are cross-regional and how that mm -hmm. changes the interactions between their teams. It's really interesting. So I think there is a lot that can be learned for, you know, our friends in the U S here, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, from our colleagues in Europe, just being able to really understand like, where's that balance? What matters? What could I do a little bit different that would change my happiness in my role? Definitely. Yeah, I think it's something that I really appreciate in the UK. I feel like a lot of my friends are very good at it as well. Um, they're able to do that thing where they they just kind of stop. and They're like, no, my work's done for the day and that's it. And I think it's interesting as someone who moved here, I feel like I've like started to plug into that hustle culture. And now I'm like, I kind of was all in and now I'm trying to kind of pull those steps back and, and kind of walk it back a little bit. Um, I so appreciate this, this conversation, Leslie. And the, the last question that I have for you is what makes sales mental in your mind? Mm. Sales is mental because, and this is going exactly against what we were just saying. I don't think it can be wrapped up and put away at the end of the day, mm -hmm. or at least I have not found a way to do it yet. And if someone has the secret, please let me know. But <laughs> So many careers and jobs, you can close your computer and step away, mm -hmm. but I think it keeps playing in our head. I'm thinking about the call that I made this morning and what I could have done better and what mm -hmm. I'm going to say to reply to him. You were talking about thinking about work, still being involved in work. Yeah. And I never turn that inner like monologue, inner conversations going on in my head about my deals, about my clients, about my train, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> I can't turn it off. So to mm. me, that's why sales is mental. Yeah. I think it's a great call out and that that's part of the kind of mastery of work. I feel like in the people that I, I see who seem to have struck that balance the best. And I think it's a trap, right. To think that ev everyone's got it figured out because I think that 
in itself is problematic. Like you start to step back and think, wow, everyone around me seems to have it all figured out. And of course, no one does, but it's just <laughs> what you tell yourself and the kind of story you're telling yourself. So yeah, I think that's a, it's a great point and then a really important thing to think about is like, how can you have the self-awareness to be like, oh, I'm starting to think about work again. It's the weekend. I need to step away. But um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of out of your incredibly busy schedule to, to meet with me. Um, I really appreciate it and I'm really appreciated this conversation. Yes, I, I do too. Always lovely chatting with you and um, eye-opening helps me get back to those boundaries too. So thank you so much, James. I really enjoyed my conversation with Leslie. She shared some incredible insight into her working life and how she maintains healthy boundaries. She also spoke to mentors and their importance, both internally and externally in the world of work. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks so much for listening.